You're listening to Hermes Paranormal Spiritual Research Network. This is the educational YouTube and podcast documentary series on research of various world religious, spiritual, paranormal beliefs and practices and how they are performed, and educational research on paranormal investigation and cryptozoology. Hosted by YouTuber, podcaster, cryptozoologist, and paranormal investigator Brandon Tim, aka Spooky Cat. Episodes are added, added monthly. Thank you for listening. Our mission at Hermes Paranormal Spiritual Research Network, as well as PART, or Paranormal Administrative Research Team, is to research, study, and document the unknown or paranormal events or phenomenon around the world, and educate the public on these, on these events for the contribution of more knowledge and data on these paranormal phenomenon for the public or scientific community's research. This part of the series is a new segment about news on various subjects such as paranormal investigations and research, cryptozoology, parapsychology, studies and research on various fringe sciences, quantum mechanics, and in the future, interviews with different people of various fields and subjects, as well as interviews or accounts of eyewitnesses of various cryptozoological animal sightings or paranormal experiences. Listen to Part News to be a part of the search for the unknown. Okay, since um, there's been a lot of changes to the podcast lately, and um, we're starting with new structures, and this is a fairly new podcast to be on it to, to anyway, um, I wanted to explain to you guys about this this part of the series. So every episode, I will be saying out loud a definition of different paranormal research terms as well as parapsychology terms or anything of that type of matter um so the pair uh, so the the word today is going to be a parapsych a parapsychology term and it's and it's the word parapsychology parapsychology is the study of alleged psychic phenomenon or extrasensory perception as in telepathy precognition clairvoyance psychonesis aka telekinesis and psychometry and other paranormal claims for example related to near-death experiences synchronicity apparitional experiences etc it is considered to be a pseudoscience by a vast majority of the mainstream scientists according to wikipedia the term parapsychology was coined in in 1889 by philosopher max desor in b Teles in the german parapsychology it was adopted by J.B. Ryan in the 1930s as a replacement for the term physical research in order to indicate a significant shift towards experimental metho methodology and academic discipline. The term originates from the Greek para, meaning alongside, and psychology in parapsychology. Um, psi is the unknown factor in extrasensory perception and psychonesis experiences that is not explained by known physical or biological mechanisms. The term is derived from the Greek psi, which is the 23rd letter of the Greek alphabet, and the initial letter of the Greek psyche, or psyche meaning mind or soul. The term was coined by biologist Berthold P. Weisner and first used by psychologist Robert Tholess in a 1942 article published in the British Journal of Psychology. The Parapsychological Association divides psi into two main categories, psi gamma for extrasensory perception and psi kappa for psychonesis. In popular culture, psi has become more and more synonymous with a special 
a special psychic, um, sorry guys, spy, uh, special psychic mental and psionic abilities and powers. France launches 150 investigations into mutilations and murders of horses nationwide, according to World News. Investigators in France have officially opened more than 150 investigations into horse murders and mutilations across the country. Agricultural Minister Julien de Normandie announced that the investigations would begin on Wednesday. De Normandie also um, called the mutilations unacceptable. He said, now quoting him, we have an unacceptable situation of absolutely disgusting acts of cruelty. Denarmandi told France Info Radio, I hear the fear, the worries, the dismay of horse owners, he said. Denarmandi added that a toll-free number was being made available to horse owners from Wednesday morning. Um, horses have been found mutilated across the country. Many have had their ears cut off, their eyes gutted, and even genitals mutilated. Police still do not have a clear idea of who and who is reasonable for these brazen acts of animal cruelty. However, there have been many plots circulating on the internet, including a potential satanic ritual, a trophy hunt, or perhaps an internet challenge. If this is an internet challenge, it may come from the dark net, says Denar Mandy, which is much larger than a closed offshoot of the mainstream internet, with no rules or regulations in place. Police arrested a 50-year-old man in eastern France a, 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 early on in um, 2020, um, but, he but he had been seen let loose as there was no evidence against him. He was released without charge. The murders began in early 2020, 2020. France has reported more than 20 murders of horses and many more injured in recent weeks. And once again, uh, this is from a while back. I did write this a while back and didn't get a chance to release it, but I still feel it's information that the public does need to know about. Um, as a part of a campaign of attacks on animals that appears to have uh, started earlier this year and gained momentum last month, French Interior Minister Gérald Darmanin and Agricultural Minister Julien Dornamandi reassured horse breeders on Monday um, back in 2020, as investigations into the attacks intensified. Um, in recent weeks, once again, <laughs> back in 2020, the country has been shocked by succession of mutilations of more than 150 horses, which have seen severed ears, severed genitals, and lacerated skin. According to the authorities, the attacks are carried out by multiple perpetrators, whose methods vary nationwide, further complicating the picture. The issue of cattle mutilation dates back to 1606, when mysterious cattle deaths were first documented. Since then, sheep, horses, cats, dogs, and many more have been the victims of such heinous acts. Nearly a hundred sheep have been slaughtered in London, and thousands of cow killings have taken place in the United States since the 1970s. The FBI has even investigated cattle mutilations in the U.S. Midwest, but the truth remains elusive to this day. Okay, just to give you guys a little bit more perspective, um, a little more information and history on cattle mutilations, I'm going to um, read you guys some of the Wikipedia definition of cattle mutilation and some of its history. According to the dictionary, Wikipedia, cattle mutilation, also known as bovine excision, and is an unexplained livestock death, is the killing and mutilations of cattle under unusual, usually bloodyless, and anomalous circumstances. Worldwide, sheep, horses, goats, 
pigs, rabbits, cats, dogs, bison, deer, and elk have been reported mutilated with similar bloodyless excisions. Often an ear, eyeball, jaw flesh, tongue, lymph nodes, genitals, and rectum are removed. According to Wikipedia, the earliest known documented outbreak of unexplained livestock deaths occurred in early 1606, about the city of London and some of the shires adjoining. Whole slaughters of sheep have been made, in some places to number a hundred, in others less, where nothing is taken from the sheep but their tallow and some inward parts, the whole carcasses and fleece remaining still behind. Of this sundry conjectures, but most agree that it tendeth towards some fireworks. The outbreak was noted in the official records of the court of James I of England. Charles IV collected many accounts of cattle mutilations, um, that, or sorry, Charles Fort, um, that occurred in England in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. John Keel mentioned investigating um, animal mutilation cases in 1966, while with Ivan T. Sanderson, that were being reported in the upper Ohio River Valley around um, Gallipolis, Ohio. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong, guys. If you're from Ohio, don't get pissed at me. <laughs> the phenomenon remained largely um, unknown outside cattle-raising communities until 1967, when the Pueblo chieftain in Pueblo, Colorado, published a story about a horse named Lady near Alamosa, Colorado, that was mysteriously killed and mutilated. The story was republished by the wider press and distributed nationwide. This case was the first to feature speculation that extraterrestrial beings and unidentified flying objects were associated with the mutilation. Now, um, to go on that matter a little further, what's interesting uh, is, is in the original report in the, the uh, Charles Ford in the court of King, of James, King James, um, they're talking... At the last part they mention, says that but but most agree that it tendeth towards some fireworks. Now, tendeth means it tends to happen near or, or around this. And what's fireworks? Fire in the sky, meaning like rockets or fireworks, which sounds to me a lot like UFOs, unidentified flying objects. According to an Ant Atlantic Paranormal Society, a, par um, a paranormal investigation group founded in Warwick, Rhode Island, Nelson Naus of the Ghost Guild of Raleigh, North Carolina, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, guys, um, stated that since the pandemic, lockdowns around the United States have had an increased reports and call-ins for paranormal phenomenon, as well as the known paranormal researcher John E. L. Taney, who was the former host of TV's Ghost Stalkers, says he used to receive two to five calls a month from people convinced their homes are haunted. But since the COVID-19 restrictions started, he says he gets five to ten calls a week. I personally think that much of this is because of a higher time, a period of being alone at home, therefore allowing for higher chances of experiencing paranormal phenomenon during the heightened state of awareness that is known to occur during times of isolation when there are less or no external stimuli to distract one from noises, um, feelings, vibes, uh, things going on, especially in the case of both visual and sound, because with nothing else being around you, uh, your brain knows that everything is still, and any movement would be immediately immediately identifiable. Hence, the chameleon's ability to protect itself in a foreign environment or around foreign unknown living creatures that could turn out to be predatorial. So, in the same way, the human reptilian brain, being the subconscious lower part of the brain and consciousness of an apex predator, 
it would naturally be inclined towards an aggressive functionality and how it reacts to a movement while in a still environment. And the second thing that is uh, most affected by a quiet, still, and isolated environment is sound waves. Logically, because sound is always experienced, I mean, or is generally experienced more subconsciously, um, and, while, and, and less often felt and most heard. But a lot of sound is not heard because of the random competing sounds and external stimulus around you. Now, uh, not to try and go on too much about this phenomenon of increased paranormal activity and sightings during the times of uh, increased um, isolation. Uh, just for a little interlude, um, so I have a badass announcement, guys. I will be making uh, merch here very soon. They're going to have some spooky-type vibes and be related to various spiritual or paranormal subjects, such as I'll be coming out with uh, Route 66 mugs. Um, I'll be coming out with uh, funny t-shirts that say, I blame it on the goddamn reptilians. Um, of course, the part where it says uh, God and damn, or, you know, there's like, it's been a, a star changed on them a little bit, so that way, you know, it's a little more kid-friendly, <laughs> in case you, you have some kids with a, a good sense of humor. <laughs> Hi, this is one of the hosts of Hermes Paranormal and Spiritual Research Network. I'm the musician 13 Shinigami. This ad was brought to you by Anchor. If you ever heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Podcast, and many more. You can make money with your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to start a podcast all in one. So apparently Paranormal Investigation is about to get a whole lot sexier with the first porn star to quit the adult film industry and join the Paranormal Investigation community. Stephanie Clifford, stage name Stormy Daniels, is now a paranormal investigator after a recent paranormal phenomenon that she experienced while living in New Orleans, Louisiana last year. According to an article by, L, by uh, sorry, WLBT3, the link to the original articles, by the way, is in the description for the episode on my YouTube channel um, and the description for the podcast as well um, of this episode. I suggest you go check it out if you have a chance, and if you already haven't, haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, then go check out it at Hermes Paranormal and Spiritual Research Network. Okay, back to the original subject at hand. According to the article, after she moved into a haunted home in New Orleans and began to experience paranormal phenomenon at that home, and that along with various life experiences with the paranormal and the explainable that she unexplainable, sorry, that she decided to begin a new path in the field of paranormal investigation, and that she wanted to learn more and use that knowledge to help people. She is currently working on a TV project that is in the pitching phase called Spooky Babes. As far as I know, it's still in the pitching phase, but I'm not totally sure, so don't quote me on it. <laughs> on this project, she's working with different Mississippi paranormal investigators, naming two in the article, John Bulliard and David Ch uh, Childers. She said she began to understand a lot more about the field of paranormal investigation at that time. Several episodes of her show have been filmed around, um, around the country. It is, not, it is now in the pitch phase, she says. Um, Justin Lupe, um, sorry if I'm, once again, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, guys. I'm not always the best at pronouncing these things. Um, Daniel's partner from New Orleans said he, has had his he had his first paranormal experience at the Mississippi House in Florence, which is the central location in the documentary, The House in Between. That's where they were also introduced to Susan, a haunted doll that belonged to a seven-year-old who died of cancer in the 1950s. He said, we had EVPs of her talking to me. We had lights dimming, shadow figures, 
um, REM pods going off, stuff I've only seen in movies or on TV, Lupe said. The, the point of the show and the group is to help people, Daniel said. She said she's working on plans for equine therapy, Reiki, and yoga instruction to add in healing for people who have both been traumatized in paranormal situations or who have uh, certain spiritual gifts and don't know how to always cope with that. She said she also, for those who regularly are affected by the paranormal, there are answers, she says. So we want to teach you how to protect yourself, how to protect your property and things to look for in the future, she said. So as a heads up to everyone, um, this subject I'm about to talk about um, isn't current news, but it's not that old of news. Um, and the reason I'm talking about it right now and not around that same time was that it was ha the time it was happening. Um, I did not start the, this part of, of my podcast series. Um, and no, I didn't have a side segment on news or past um, and present um, in between each normal episode talking about, the, um, you know, when I... In between the normal episodes, I do researching about the paranormal, or the spiritual, the unknown subjects and paranormal phenomenon. Um, so back in April of of twenty twenty, around the beginning of the Rona apocalypse, the America the American government released top secret FBI files and um and reports on UFOs or unidentified flying objects. Now, uh, normally we would expect the FBI to be far too busy with things like catching terrorist types or investigating drug lords. But this is some real X-Files stuff. A huge breakthrough in both the paranormal investigation community, but for the UFO, ufology community. Not, not only are these CIA documents and files going to give us more understanding into such cases like the Roswell, New Mexico case, as well as uh, many other, until now, almost totally unknown cases to the public, except for the government or the people were, or the agents working on those various cases or the civilian eyewitnesses. And I have to say, as a ufologist of now 15 years, I am really, really excited uh, for all the things that we are going to learn from these documents. And I actually will be writing a book about these documents and reports. The name I have decided, um, decided it's been decided, but I'm not revealing the book's title till a further date. But I do have a book I'm currently working on called A Demonologist's History and Guide to Demonology. I, I really like the name, and I want to stick with it, um, but I still have to um, check for the patent on the name first, and I'm praying that it has uh, yet to be taken. <laughs> so as a FYI, um, be, uh, because even though my podcast isn't super new, I haven't been able to release or do many episodes, so there is still a lot about me that uh, those of you listening do not know about me. And one of those things is that I have been an angelologist and demonologist for a very long time now, and I have read almost every demonology text from the first official demonology text written by King James all the way to Latin, Hebrew, and Old English Solomonic text. And by the way, if you're lost on what I, um, anything that I'm talking about, no worries, guys. Um, I'll be talking more about demonology and these manuscripts as well as so, so many more subjects. And don't forget to read my book when it comes out um, because it will be a very detailed work on the subject and has a lot to teach. Um, teach. On both both subjects, on the ufology and as well as on demonology. Um, now back to the CIA documents, or sorry, the FBI documents. Um, so some of these reports and documents are barely legible, but I believe this is important information for research in the field of ufology. And in order for that to be done, it has to be readable. So I found a, a way to make it visible, and then from there retype it out in a recreatable, a recreation format. And when I finish with the documents, I will be releasing the, it on the organization's future website. 
and I will also be releasing a how-to video on the organization's YouTube channel, um, a, a releasing a video on how to make otherwise barely legible text or documents to be more clear and legible, and how to transcribe them. So the government released them on a website called The Black Vault. The link in the, is in the description on my YouTube video for this episode, as well as the links in the episode description in case anybody is curious and wants to check it out or keep it for research and investigative purposes. There were 2,700 pages released by the C by the, um, by the, uh, like, by just all, I, I, well, sorry, I can't remember if my numbers were correct. 27 pages by the CIA and as well as many, many, I want to say 1,400 released by the FBI. Um, so that it was, and it was after a public court hearing um, was lo lost by the government for a releasing of the U these UFO files and any information related to UFOs to be released, released and based on the Freedom of Information Act, it had to be released. I'll be doing a podcast episode on the history of the CIA um, and their investigations in history with UFOs, um, as well as with the FBI over time and the NSA and all of these. So that way, you know, I can a little more information on the supposed his, history that the FBI, CIA, NSA, all the government organizations deny that they had involvement in, even though we all know they did and now have evidence and proof of that. And I will be slowly um, with time releasing episodes on each document and each histories of those organizations. This series is for educational purposes, and any quotes or excerpts of articles or exact quotes of people or articles not worded by me or any of my paranormal investigation research team um, colleagues I work with is not mine nor my property and is merely for the education of the public in matters of paranormal phenomenon and investigations or research, as well as research and ritual practices, views, and beliefs of various religious and furthering the reach of our case files of experiences and research info and investigations into the world. Though much of what I talk about here on the podcast is equal and wise amount of reference, references, research, science, spiritualism, and theological ideas and theories.